0: Hello, I'm Rupert Verco, CEO and Managing Director of Cobra Resources. Uh, We're listed on the main market of the London Stock Exchange. We have assets in South Australia, a tier one jurisdiction. We have grown and developed a gold and dual rare earth resource. And today we're going to be talking to Matt Gordon about a new discovery of Boland, uh, where we've just defined ionic rare earth mineralization in a very unique um, geological setting that's amenable to in situ recoveries which gives us a massive opportunity and
1: we're really excited to progress that from this point River, good morning to you sir um, you are soon coming to our sunny shores and I'm departing them uh, no correlation in that uh, <laughs> but we have. I'm just speaking so we just speak to you face to face but I'm, I, I unfortunately I haven't quite been able to make it work right, good to meet you the first time we've met or spoken um, o- online so um, could you do me a favor? Give me a little bit of background on you. What's your background? What have you done? Where, where have you had success? Sure, Matt. Well, thanks for having me. Um, look, I'm a I'm a geologist.
0: Uh, my background is fairly broad. Um, I've worked in exploration. I've worked in uranium ISR work before, um, and then migrated into hard rock prime. Uh, most of my time in gold, uh, focused on operational uh, into my management, uh, and then migrated from there into consulting, uh, high level business consulting in, in, uh, resources and operations. And I've spent the last two years with Cobra resources where we've been advancing the Woodner project in South Australia.
1: Right. Okay. But it's, it's, like, as you say, you kind of got a, a kind of dual track: that gold, rares. again, not much correlation there either. So, um, what, what's the focus?
0: Okay. So for, for us at present, uh, we have, we've defined this uh, 279,000 ounce gold resource. We've been looking at the rare earth market and what the opportunity with rare earths are. And really, Matt, the opportunity with rare earths is diversification in supply, um, ensuring sustainable um, supply of rare earths to markets uh, outside of China. So reducing that geopolitical risk and uh, the important component of that is the right style of mineralization. And the news we've released this week is demonstrating we have that and we have that in a unique environment. So that is going to be the migratory point for us where we'll look at um, what we do with our gold assets because there's certainly plenty of value there, particularly the unique nature of the clay hosted resource over the top of it. But the Bowen Discovery represents a significant opportunity for our company.
1: Right, okay. So. The- if you don't mind i'm going to kind of compartmentalize that okay the gold it's not a lot of gold for you so you've got a choice you can say i'm going to throw more money out that thing and try and get a resource of plus one million ounces you know in fact these days it's got to be plus two million ounces, i think to be of interest do you are you planning to throw money at that or do you monetize it in another way
0: good question uh look the gold asset is very shallow and there are other projects regionally that are more advanced than us that present as um, opportunities for us to monetize or bring forward commercialization and we're certainly looking at what our opportunities are there
1: right okay i think i'm gonna read between the lines on 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 that one um as you say because you either got to say i can we can create some kind of quick cash event that sale or we, we can take a shallow resource with meat, and I don't know what the metallurgy is, and I don't know if it's heat bleach, I don't know anything about it, um, and try and monetize some kind sort of cash stream, or uh, renewed stream there. Um, have you done any work on trying to understand that, or are you just looking around, I say, regionally? Like, oh, look, uh,
0: Matt, our focus to date has really been around growing the resource. We've, we've done that in a relatively cost-efficient manner. Um, but now to get the best value out of that resource, we really need to look at what the com- best commercial outcomes are. So look at whether or not that's a toll treatment option with a third party processing our a sale or um, a carried interest, for example. So we'll, we'll certainly explore those outcomes and try and come up with the best option for shareholders.
1: Okay, so it may have some future monetary value, but right now it feels like you're excited about the rare earths components. So tell us what you've got there. What do you know about what you've got today?
0: Okay, so the the MET testing that we've recently released demonstrates two things. One, we have ionic rare earth mineralization, which is something that only a handful of companies have been able to demonstrate in Australia. And the benefit of that is is the simplistic nature of the leaching process so to put it into context matt we're using acidities that are the same as orange juice to be able to to extract that from the clays and most interestingly for us is the geological um setting that these rare earths are in is we don't we don't need to blast we don't need to load and haul we can potentially in situ recover them through putting in Relatively benign events into the ground and extracting them back out. So that really is the most unique and enabling um, opportunity for us to pro- provide a really sustainable and integratable mining process at Woodner.
1: Well, potentially unconventional or certainly un- unknown. So we've we've heard about ISL or ISR. Um, In the context of uranium, um, about 50% of the global market uses that technique. I've even heard it with people trying to attempt it with copper. But what gives, what leads you to believe that you can do it here with this type of deposit?
0: So what these rare earths that we have announced these recoveries on, they're occurring at discrete changes in chemistry and those chemistry boundaries are between really permeable aquifer sands in an old river system uh, and then the rare earths occur in the clays that occur in bands within that river system so it's through this desorption metallurgical process we can on exchange those rare earths out in a very environmentally friendly manner and we believe that we'll get the right hydrology components, so flow rates through the system, that'll make it very cost effective.
1: Right. And have you got experience in doing that?
0: Yes. So uh, between myself, uh, David Clark, another director, and Robert Blythman, our exploration manager, we've all worked in ISR Uranium previously, and we're all experienced in bringing those projects into development.
1: Okay, well, t- tell me more because I think there's obviously clearly a very very important part of, of this in terms of your technique, your, your ability to uh, plan it, sure, do it, so, and recover those rare earths. So, so uh, tell me look, more.
0: Robert, um, sorry, David Clark. We'll start with him. David uh, is a legend of of South Australian mining. He actually drilled the discovery hole at Beverly. He still uh, to this day kicks himself for missing four mile. Um, and in terms of successful mines, uh, Heathgate is still successfully leaching uh, the Beverly and, and Four Mile uranium mines. Uh, me, my, myself, I spent um, two and a half years early on in my career bringing the um, Honeymoon uranium mine into production and doing resource drill out work at Gould's Dam. And Robert Blythman has spent a number of years uh, with Heathgate in production and expiration as well. So we're f- very familiar with the requirements and the way to advance from discovery and bringing the right data requirements and testing requirements uh, along with that expiration work to be able to commercialise it.
1: Right, and you talked earlier about orange juice type level of acidity. So obviously that sounds better than, you know... Um, the, the, the usual kind of uh, acid uh, required um, on projects to kind of make make rec- make recovery. So, um, how, how how do you know that? Has some work been done, or have you are you bringing that knowledge in from elsewhere? Sure. So, I mean-
0: well, so so Ansto, the beauty. So everyone is trying to get very cost effective um, extraction metrics from rare earths. Ansto are a leader, global leader in in rare earth metallurgy and. We've announced results from ANSTO that have demonstrated we're getting recoveries of up to 65% heavy rare earths and 58% magnet rare earths, which is where the majority of your value is in the suite of lanthanides, uh, at an acidity of pH3, which is the same as orange juice uh, or red wine, and that is occurring within six hours. So it's a very rapid desorption process. And... When we're talking about how much acid it's taking to do that, it's very low. So the most important thing is the acid consumption through that process is calculated to be minimal. And that's very, very positive. And when we think about that in terms of applying it to an ISR process, um, what the benefit is, is uh, groundwater already sits at a pH of five. So we're only taking it from a pH of5 to a pH of three, whereas compared to in uranium where you're taking it maybe from six or seven all the way down to uh, pH of one, um, the amount of acid required to do that is is far less and it's it's far more environmentally um, less impactful and and therefore uh, more sustainable. So, we see there's a number of benefits to this new geological model. Right.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the the the, the plan then. Okay. You picked. So actually, where did you pick this asset up from? I mean, how, so how how do you how do you get to understand as much as you know today?
0: So Matt, when we first started looking at rare earths and what the opportunity was, we we focused on um, defining a resource that's complementary to our gold, so it overlies the gold. So we see significant value in that, in that you can effectively carry a mining cost on the gold metrics uh, to output rare earths, and that gives you a competitive advantage to clay-hosted material. With our satellite clay-hosted rare earths, our recoveries are around 35% magnet rare earths at a pH of one. So not as cost-effective as what we've defined at Boland, but what was important about that, Matt, is we saw the, the opportunity in the market was to understand the mineralogy the mobility of rare earths in the system and what's required to retain ionic rare earths. So we went on this very technical journey and tried to understand what requirements we needed in our system to be able to define these easily uh, extractable rare earths. And and that led us to looking at these paleo systems and in particular, Boland. And uh, I suppose in the space of three months, we've gone from exploration concept to um, drill confirmation now metallurgical confirmation so we've demonstrated that concept so now it's up to us to advance that
1: in both um, the mining concept and demonstrate scale right okay well let, let, let's let's get on to the planet because I think uh, rare has been sort of, uh, been through sort of a difficult few years in the sense that it's very much uh, seen as a Chinese Thing. You know they control so much of the market. They have all of the technical know-how. They have had the money to throw at it, and the West's um, now desire to kind of obviously or, or the understanding that it's a critical mineral, and the West's desire to kind of control our supply chain it, it is is a little bit more known now. You are going to have to work out how you insert yourself into that ecosystem in the West, or you're going to have to be realistic. Uh, and say, well, maybe China needs to be involved in that supply chain somewhere, or somehow. So, what is the plan for you guys? how How do you move this thing forward? What is your strategy for doing that?
0: So that's something. Good question. It's something that we're very conscious of, and we've certainly started that negotiation or that discussion p- piece with potential off takers. Um, companies with defined um, rare earth processing facilities and and contracts into America as well um, as a potential source of offtake. Off so we see that there's commercial value in us being able to define those relationships and demonstrate uh, those co- potential commercial outcomes from a very early basis point. And I think uh, what's great from our perspective is they're already listening to us Due to our sustainable um, criteria and our, our unique value prospect from an ISR point, because from an industry perspective, there aren't any other projects currently um, pushing that, and that's due to our ju- unique geological
1: model. Right, and, and 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 that's lovely, but money talks, right? Oh. So you you're going to have to work out how you finance this, how you go from where you are today. To where you you want to be, and and, and it's quite clear as geopolitics is coming into play here. It's like I think from the from the US point of view, North America's point of view, if you involve China anywhere in that supply chain, you're not getting money out of the US, right? So you you've got to work out very quick, and it doesn't matter which route you go. But there are some rules starting to be established here. So for a for a London listed company with an you know Aussie assets run with a team in in, in Australia. Where where are you looking in terms of your near term um, requirements for capital, um, and indeed, you know, there therefore, and would that influence the way that you go about developing this out? Is it you know pure DSO, or are you going to try and move up the food chain? How do you play it?
0: Well, look, Matt. Obviously, being a expiration company pre revenue, um, we we're going to be going back to the market at some point to to raise capital to advance this. We're pretty confident that due to the strength of these results, we're not going to have, have too many problems getting the right interests that we need. made. I think the, the important component for us going forward, though, Matt, is to identify the right, the right cornerstones and the right people who understand this story from an early point and will be with us through those testing periods. So the beauty of this is... is we've defined the metallurgical components, which is the most challenging bit in rare earths at a very early point. So now we've got lots of the good components to come in terms of resource expansion. We think that this is a regional scale opportunity uh, in terms of hundreds of millions of tonnes. And as such, we've picked up more ground to demonstrate that. And we can do that really cost effectively. So in the short term, we'll be looking to um, to execute a plan that will focus on one, demonstrating the um, ISR criteria. So that's gonna be um, drilling core holes to better understand the mineralogy and the permeability, installing monitoring wells, get the right baseline data to understand our hydrology. And that will enable us uh, in the jurisdiction that we're operating to bring a pilot scale test on without having to go through the mining approval process. So that's a significant jurisdiction advantage that we really want to capitalize on and try and do it in a very short time frame.
1: So does that give you... Because there's lots of um, new models being kind of created out there because the market's been really difficult for everyone across the board, irrespective of the commodity. It's been risk-off. And we've seen people, you know, (laughs) Well, change commodity. I'm a gold company one day. I'm a lithium company the next, or rare rarest company the next, and 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 that's fine. Look at Azure. Um, you've got um, you've got companies that said, well, we're going to tr- drill the heck out of this thing and get scale. Changing their minds and saying, well, actually, what we need to do is get into kind of cash flowing situations. We're going to reduce the size of this project and therefore the capex of this project, and do it that way, and, and so on and so on. We, we, we've seen it seen it all changing here. Do you think your project, as you've just described, is as simple as saying, right, we'll demonstrate the metallurgy in terms of, the, and, you know, not just in terms of the, le- the leachability, but the recovery component of of that, and then maybe it is just a, a, a scale play. We'll show we've got lots of it, and it's here, and it's NDPR um, rich, so therefore it's of high, high value, and that would be the best allocation of your capital, best return on investment from you. Or... Do you, how do you see the return on the capital investor oh. with the money that you're going to be raising?
0: Matt, I think we can be quite smart with what we what we raise in this opportunity. I think I think what's important for us is yes, scale is important from an offtake perspective, um, but. It's relatively cheap to drill. We're talking 30, 40 metres in this paleo system and we're talking about air core drilling. So we can do quite a lot of that for, for not significant quantities of cash. What we're also very keen to focus on uh, through some partnerships with, with, um, with technical groups is to look at the value-add opportunities that we can demonstrate at the mine gate. So whether or not this is looking at separating out rare earth streams through simplistic processes. And the reason why we can look at that, Matt, is because of the simplistic, simplicity of our metallurgy. So um, that's, a, that's an important component, but it's also an important enabler for us to look at value-add opportunities as well.
1: Yeah, but I'm, what I'm trying to work out is, are you going to try and make that your responsibility or do you need to take it to a certain point as so an explorer and say, hey, partner, come in here and either have all of it or give us the money to kind of allow us to take it through to a, a, another point uh, of of um, interest for them. So, do, do you know what I mean? Because you, you companies come in, exploration companies come in here and they talk the game over, oh, we're going to get this thing into production f- in five years or whatever. You know, th- there's a lot of phases to go through, yes. a lot of things that need to go right to kind of to get there. But what are you saying to your current shareholders anymore or anyone new looking at this? What precisely am I well, buying into?
0: I think, Matt couple of things. So my background is bringing, oh, bringing resources into operation, and that's what I enjoy. Uh, certainly, as a board, we have, have a track record in that. And we feel like we have the right skill sets, and because this is a unique component and and a new style of mineralization, I think we're hopefully best placed to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. What uh, what I see as is, is where we need to manage our time most effectively is you need to outsource and identify capabilities that can help assist you get to your end goal. So that's what we're currently looking for is we're looking for the right partners that can give us the right credentials to help um, look at those value add options and define the right flow sheet that maximizes the value of this asset. So
1: um, look, we hope what does that, that mean? We, but, but say that say that in English because you know for for people there's a lot of buzzwords in there. But what, what does that actually mean?
0: Looking to form uh, technical partnerships to define certain outcomes through pro- mineral processing. So, um, looking at looking at separating light and heavy rare earths. Looking at managing uh, dissolution of of gauge elements. Looking at value add outcomes. Can we make our own acid from the organic sulfides in the ground. Um, can we can we produce potable water that benefits the community? Things like that. So there's there's plenty of opportunities that we can see here that um, that can sustain a very cost effective operation.
1: So partnerships that can deliver not just not just money but know how. Um, that some of that sounds very specific, you know, to you you know, to where where, where you are. What and, and you mentioned something that water is always a tricky one with, you know, um, water tables and, you know, obviously social licensing, et cetera. Um, what are the kind of barriers for you in terms of moving this forward quickly in terms of wh- whether whether it be, uh, well, tell, what, are, what are the barriers? Oh, good
0: question. Look, uh, we're, we're fortunate in that we have great relationships with our landholders. We've engaged them very early. In on this piece, and we, the bowl and prospect occurs in broadacre farmland. So, one of the one of the challenges that we want to take on is trying to demonstrate to the community that we can integrate this with broadacre farming. So, whilst it's not a barrier, we see it as an opportunity to to generate some sustainability into our process and bring the community along with it. Um, in terms of in terms of challenges obviously going through the mining process uh, or commercialization process of, from an exploration asset into mining we need to tick off a number of boxes or a number of milestones so obviously resource establishment is going to be the critical key um, and then going through the DFS process so what what our barriers are is understanding uh, how we define value in offtakes so this we're not talking about a gold asset where your commercial pathway is relatively simple uh we need to understand how we can um get those offtakes the best suit and enable us to future fund this asset and that that's what i see as being the biggest challenge and it's probably been the biggest challenge for rare earth projects in australia so um okay we, we need to make that happen. Um, we need to start having the right conversations with the right groups early, and hopefully, um, due to the geopolitical significance of these types of projects, that enables us to, or provides us access to that funding that's coming through to Australia, through the IRA and from government funds, um, I don't think we're at a position to receive those funds now, but hopefully in the future, as we progress and mature this project, um, we would we would be available for, for or open to some of that funding.
1: Yeah, yeah, and well, and we'll see. There seems to be it seems to be more and more coming into market, but you've got to work out how to access it. So, um, so if I'm if I'm clear on what you said today is, RARES is the focus. You've got to raise some capital to kind of advance this thing for, I mean, I presume you're coming to market. Um, when will you be announcing that and, you know, how much would you be looking for? And again, based on what you told me today, you expect you expect the market to react presumably positively. Um, what, what do you think, what are the bits that they should actually be valuing? What's, what's valuable to you and what do you think the market should be valuing in terms of what you're proposing about the way you go forward? Well. Oh. Look, what's,
0: what's valuable in in these results today is we're demonstrating um, positive recoveries. So the recoveries are occurring at an acid cost that is below a couple of bucks per tonne. And we've reported our acid consumption components because that's a significant part in the economic potential of ionic or clay-hosted rare earths. And whilst rare earths aren't rare, Matt, the right styles of mineralization to promote viable economics certainly are. So that's why we're so excited and we're positive about what we've discovered here. And the fact that we have the unique credential of ISR as our preferred mining method means that we cut out a lot of other costs. So we believe we're presenting something that is unique and has a lot of enablers and because of that, uh, we feel like we should be able to a- achieve the right amount of capital. So how much are we looking for in the short term? Uh, we have a budget of work plan over the next 12 months that would uh, we would execute with about 1.2, 1.3 million pounds, uh, which would certainly fit within the realms of our current headroom. So... Um, What would that give us and what would we expect to see at the end? We'd expect to be getting close to those pilot scale studies for ISR recovery, which would hopefully produce a carbonate for us from a marketing perspective. Uh, And we'd hopefully, well, I'm sure we'd be in a position where we'd be announcing a maiden uh ionic rare earth resource
1: okay yeah but like, like that okay understood so like you say rare earths aren't rare but they're rarely economic so in terms of the way that you're approaching it, it's kind of quite interesting um to me because you, you seem to be cutting out some of the more expensive moving parts certainly and has been very expensive recently uh like like the chemicals side of things so i'm um, interesting uh i am um, really really interesting um tell you what Let's stay in touch. listener. To how you get on. Uh, we will watch um, the story keenly. Um, so I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. Thanks, uh,
0: thanks for having me. Thanks for the chat.